1: I'm excited today to be joined by Beth Held. Beth is a service delivery director at Facility Source. Her LinkedIn page describes her as an energetic operations leader. And I would completely agree with that title. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Beth.
0: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, right at the beginning, how did you get started in customer service?
0: You know, I have been in customer service, I think, since my very first job. It's as long as I can remember, I've been in a role where I was working with customers. I started as a grocery store cashier, uh, and, you know, back in the days where you actually had to key in the price, not okay. just scan things, uh, and worked a fast food job in high school. And then I started as a bank teller. Uh, as what I thought was just a job and you know, turned into a career. So yeah, I've been in customer service as long as I can remember.
1: That's awesome, so you were uh, back in the day when they asked you if you wanted paper or plastic, right?
0: <laughs> yes, exactly, and even further back, absolutely.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, so uh, obviously a lot has changed. Um, you know, Maybe take me back throughout those years, what's changed specifically since you first started?
0: You know, I think, um, you know, even just the, the technology of, like I said, I used to key in um, prices on, you know, on every item when somebody was checking out at the grocery store versus now, you know, not only is everything scanned, but you can scan it yourself when you walk in the door if you don't even want a cashier to have to do it for you. Um, but I think, you know, bigger than that, obviously the, the pace is so much faster and, Customers have much higher expectations um, than they used to. I think you know, with that technology has come that customers expect you to know them and understand them, and how they've interacted with you before, or you know what they've what they've purchased before. They, um, you know, if if they've bought something and want to do a return, you should know everything that they already purchased online and. Um, Then I think that it's really important that businesses have to make it easy for customers to do business with them. Again, back to those high expectations and thinking about, you know, customers, I think that's, customers get very easily frustrated when they feel like they've provided this information and then they have to provide it again. So it's important that we look at how to make it easy to do business with us.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it's all about is, is making it easy to do business with. you. Yeah. so um, it's actually a great transition. The main topic today is um, building a successful contact center. And uh, the, the reason why I was excited to talk with you, obviously, you're, you're, you're awesome, and, and I would talk to you about pretty much any topic. <laughs> but uh, since you're a veteran in the contact center space, I kind of wanted to ask you about ways contact center leaders should approach refreshing their contact center.
0: Um, you know, the what I think this comes down to is listening to frontline employees and, you know, that can be formal. It can be informal. It can be, you know, just being out on the floor, talking to your frontline folks and understanding what their pain points are. Um, you know, what, again, what makes it hard for them to do business, what policies or procedures get in their way what you know what technology would make their lives easier so I think that understanding what's happening um, because they also know what customers are saying you know something I've always said to my frontline employees is they talk to more customers in an hour sometimes than I talk to in a month so they know what customers are saying and we can't, you know, I think years ago it used to be, Oh, they're just, you know, answering the phones or they're just, you know, a call center agent. But, you know, I'm really trying to help people understand that those frontline employees are far more important than the more senior people because they know what's going on. And if you just sit with those agents and listen to calls, then, Uh, you know, you can hear, hear, you know, exactly what customers are saying and, you know, really to take that to the next level, even if you can take calls yourself or do chats yourself or whatever those different contact points are, Mm -hmm. you will have such a better understanding of what's going on and what makes life difficult for your team and for, um, you know, and for your customers. And I think you know, something that one of the first call centers that I managed, I can remember the director at the time putting me through training to take calls. And I just remember thinking at the time, man, this is a waste of time. I want to be out there managing and leading. And, but in hindsight, that was one of the smartest things that ever happened because then my team knew I could pull up a chair next to them and I could take calls and they could listen to me and they could coach me. So, um, you know, that to me is, is what's most important to, if people aren't doing that, you can get a ton of value from a lot of different perspectives doing that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's great to, to lead by example too, because if you're not in there listening to the conversations that, that the employees, your employees are having, and you're not providing them the value of saying, hey, here's what I heard. I mean, even Amazon's, the, their executive team uh, once a year I think for a day has to sit inside the contact center and actually listen to the conversations and uh, participate inside the contact center because um, the your front line are, are literally the voice of the customer um, and if you're not paying attention to them um, and giving them the right um, tools because um, that that they're not actually going to find the right ways to to make your the experience for the customer better so I I love that advice. You know, I, I, I was, I almost believe that, um, you know, I think that organizations really need to focus on um, spending that time. So even kind of like what you mentioned at the very beginning, you didn't want to, you just want to manage, like, let me add it. Let me look at the data and I'll try to find a way to make them as efficient as possible. But, um, I would, I would say that more organizations would have a better experience if they actually do what you're doing today and, and listening to those frontline employees.
0: Absolutely. So they, and I think too, if you, sorry, you have to do that at the beginning, like you said, because if you don't, then it'll always be, I don't have time, I don't have time. So yeah, I think that's, that's how you set a leader up to be successful.
1: Yeah, for sure. Another question I had for you, and it's kind of more relevant in today's climate, um, but customers have bombarded the contact center with phone calls right now, um, sometimes two, three, four times the amount of, of prior. So how do you provide customers with a peace of mind and still create a better, ex- uh, the, the right experience for the customer?
0: You know, I think one of the biggest things is for the teams, you know, we need to be listening and we need to be staying calm and understanding people are so stressed right now. And, you know, in a lot of cases if, you know, where handle time has been a priority in the past for some, that in some cases now needs to go out the window and we need to take the time to listen to people. And, you know, we might be the only person they have to talk to sometimes. So even if we can't change the situation, we can at least listen to them and don't create any more stress for them. Again, don't make things difficult. Uh, If there's, you know, I think it's good to have, be proactive with whether it's messaging on the IVR or uh, information online of questions, you know, you know you're getting the same questions over and over. So what resources can you make available? Um, You know, making sure that there's different channels that customers, can reach you Uh, because, and different people are going to have different ways of wanting to interact. And I think that's even more so right now as that stress level increases where maybe I wasn't willing to, I didn't care about waiting on the line to um, talk to somebody. Now I'm more willing to wait Um, and just helping people once they get through, listen to them, and help them through it. You know, the, the example that I like to give is, you know, there's, if there's, you know, when I was managing a banking call center that, you know, a customer would call in and lose their debit card and be really upset and really stressed. And that call center uh, agent had taken that call a thousand times and could be really rote in their response and really, you know, kind of short with the customer like, this isn't that big a deal but I would try and help them understand this is the first time this has happened for this customer. And they are really, you know, freaking out. That's their money. Um, As opposed to you, you've heard this call a thousand times, but you need to handle it like it's the first time you did. And I think that's that applies now as well. Yes. Everybody's stressed. Yes. You're hearing the same thing over and over, but how do you personalize that conversation to that customer and make them the priority in that moment?
1: Yeah, that's awesome, there's there's another um, company that works with uh, healthcare companies um, in Columbus, Ohio, and um, they actually have a, a hub where if some, something bad happens, their first, uh, the first line of defense is to this team, and um, they don't have average handle time, they don't have length of calls, they don't have, their goal is to be empathetic and listen, and to be there and understand their pain points and push them in the right direction, and say, hey, here's my phone number. If you need me, here's my way to get a hold of me. And and I love that because that's first line of defense, providing that peace of mind to that or that company or that that customer, and then transitioning to that next group um, for the next bit. And they kind of have these these pods, um, and I love it. And the one thing that else you mentioned was around older generations, and I've seen that across all industries right now in the contact center, of older generations are calling in. Um, even before but um, now now um, as this is coming through these these calls older generations are com- calling in because they just want somebody to talk to um, they're bored and and sometimes uh, I've heard a story of an insurance company where uh, this old lady would call this this guy once a week and try to you know say that she had problems or issues and she just wanted to talk to him um, and so it's a little bit sad but you know I appreciate the what the the guy did where he was just like his boss said, Hey, just, just take care of her. Right. Like, don't, don't worry about your, your, your metrics that you're trying to hit, like just take care of her. Um, and um, I, I, I love that. Uh, love that story.
0: Right. Um, and I think too, sorry, I think too, that with, um, you know, we need to, the other part of that is we need to be taking care of our employees too because they're stressed. So we need to be patient with them as well and make sure that we're supporting them, like we're supporting our customers.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the employees are uh, some the the story is the employees are always always right. Uh, at least that's the old saying. And and I would say that you know you need to focus on your employees first, and then focus on your customers. Um, so uh, you know when it comes down to uh, uh, technology, is kind of one thing you added when when it says, says making sure you have different channels. Uh, What technology um, innovation are you kind of most excited about in the coming years around customer service, customer experience? Uh,
0: You know, I think that, you know, we need to, sorry, the, um, I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of new innovation, obviously, that comes out of this time and things like how do we help customers do business with us differently? For example, um, delivery options like, you know, there are prescription delivery services now or, um, curbside pickup or in-store pickup. So how do we increase the ways that customers can do business with us in order to make their lives easier, make them feel safe? and, you know, but still be able to do business with us and, you know, places that what, even if it's, you know, carry out in restaurants that didn't used to do it before, this time has forced companies to look at things differently. And as hard as this time has been, that's one of the things that's most fascinating to me. And, you know, what are the things that could be delivered now? So that creates this whole other, um, you know, channel and, what are the places where you could just pick things up curbside or reserve them online and have them ready for you where that wasn't possible before, or people wouldn't have even considered it before?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, another insurance company I just thought of was, um, and is it, and around technology, I guess, but uh, didn't feel comfortable with their employees uh, working from home um, yep. you know, out of 25, 30,000 employees, I think only 5,000 employees of theirs had that ability to work from home. And the CEO came out in the last couple of weeks and said, Hey, we're going to, uh, this is actually working and we're pretty efficient, if not maybe more efficient. And we're giving more time back to our, our, um, uh, our employees so they can go to go hang out with their families and have dinner at the end of the day. And, um, you know, but it's, it's technology, but it's ways to listening to your employees, listening to your customers, adapting in that moment and, and being able to change. Um, and that, that company is going from 22 physical locations across the nation to four. Um, obviously not overnight, but uh, it's amazing on how you're willing um, to change when, when you're kind of forced to in the moment. But you're like, hey, this is kind of working. let's change for good because the, the brick and mortar is kind of expensive. Um, so let's find ways to adapt in a moment. Yeah, um, and I think
0: what this is going to do have... to commercial real estate even,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sorry, yeah, I think, go ahead. you know, commercial real estate changes, what it's going to, what's going to happen there. And I know of open workspaces where there's a kiosk that you go and you choose your seat for the day, you know, and that, those kind of things, people just aren't going to be comfortable with anymore. So yeah, it's going to be interesting
1: yeah no great point. Uh, so two questions I ask um, all of my guests and and the first question is uh, what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year
0: and I love this question uh, the you know I am all about um, you know mentorship and and helping people be successful and Some of the best advice that I was ever given um, was very early in in my career from um, my stepmother who is a um, she's been very successful and owns her own business Um, but she gave me the advice that I should have my own personal board of directors so instead of a person I would say people and um, that concept of a personal board of directors is something that I've carried through Um, for many years. You know, I have a um, senior executive who is a mentor to me. Um, She's younger than I am. She's um, a customer service executive here in Columbus. And I met her at a conference when I was speaking at a conference in Florida. And she was also one of the speakers. And I just went up and introduced her because I knew that, um, you know, she would be a great person to learn from. And, you know, she and I have had some great conversations. Um, I have my first boss that, you know, when I started in banking, she, you know, just kind of took me under her wing and promoted me and taught me so many things. And again, back to my old school ways, I still have a Franklin planner that I write in, um, and make a list and check things off. And I know that that's very old school and people look at that sometimes and, um, I, I might get you know harassed about it once in a while, but that's something like I can remember her writing things down and, and you know and making that list, and that has carried through with me. And um, one of my girlfriends that um, we have very different um, political views and you know and just view different views about a lot of things, but she's truly one of my closest friends, and I refer to her as my truth teller she is going to tell me like it is. And if I'm, you know, making poor decisions, whether they're in business or personally or making great decisions, she is going to be right there, you know, right there with me. And I know that while what she says may be hard to hear, um, she is saying it out of love and, and I need to hear it. And then, you know, I also have my best friend and also, Uh, my fiance's daughter-in-law who are very spiritual and I can go to them for you know that kind of guidance spiritually or um, you know just that perspective so I feel like I have this very well-rounded group of people that different backgrounds different experiences but they all add value to me personally and professionally in one way or another, and it just, I really encourage people if they haven't heard that concept before, um, that personal board of directors has been just one of the best things that I've ever, you know, ever maintained, so.
1: That is so cool, Uh, a personal board of directors, I'll have to (laughs) start thinking about that. Um, so the second question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service or customer experience professionals, what would it say?
0: I would go back to my comments about understanding the importance of your frontline staff. Um, don't look at them as they are just entry level. They are just those $15 you know, dollar an hour college student who they're not going to be here very long pay attention to them pay attention to the insight that they provide to the value that they provide and create a culture where they are comfortable sharing whether it's good things that are happening or you know really bad things that are happening create a a, an environment where They'll stop you in the hall and talk to you and give you an opinion, or you know they'll just stop in your office and talk to you. Or hey, this just happened. How would you handle it? So again, I just go back to focusing on those those frontline folks and how do you set them up to be successful?
1: That is some great advice. I, I appreciate that. Um, so Beth, how do people get a hold of you if they want to connect with you online or, or reach out and say? Um, I, I love what you're doing or I have a question around a specific question around uh, on the podcast.
0: Um, anyone is more than welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name could not be a whole lot easier. (laughs) That's held just, just like it sounds. Um, so yeah, absolutely reach out. I would love to connect.
1: That's awesome. Uh, Beth, I truly appreciate your time today. I'm excited to actually reconnect with you uh, in in the near future and uh, hope you have a great day.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press 1 for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio.